we're going to start the ministry today. Um, the last three weeks we've been talking about this year of 2019 being a year of marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. I continue to implore you to continue to speak that out of your mouth. You need to be keeping it before you, stirring it up on a daily basis that great things are going to be coming to you and through you. Amen. I want it. I desire it greatly. I think if you were here for the last three weeks, you can see it stirs me up big time because this is something that's been burning in my heart, a burning desire to see happening, not just here at Celebration of Life Church, but wherever I go. I'm expecting God to use me to be a blessing. And it's a great amount of fun to be used by God to minister into somebody else's life. Whether it be healing or just being a blessing to somebody, whatever it is. It's a great honor to be used by God to do that. Amen? Praise His holy name. Well, this morning, let's pray and then we're going to get into the word. So, Father, we just come humbly before you and we look to you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher and our guide. To lead us and guide us into the truth of the word of God. We're not here, Father, to further any man's plans. We're here to further your plans. And so we open our hearts to you now. Reveal the truth of the word to us. And Lord God, as we hear the word, Father, we're going to receive it. And then by your grace, we're going to be doers thereof. And because we're doers of your word, we expect in Jesus' name to be blessed in what we do. And we give you praise and glory for this now in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to continue now, get back in our teaching on a teaching that was pretty much the main thrust of all of last year and even prior to that. And that is what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. And what manner of man or woman each one of us should be as his followers. We've seen in this study that Jesus was a man of prayer. And we too should be people of prayer. Amen. We've seen that Jesus was a man who operated in divine authority. He spoke to the wind of the waves and they obeyed him. He spoke to demons and they obeyed him. He spoke to sickness and disease and they obeyed him. And we, as his followers, are supposed to be operating in that exact same kind of divine authority. Why, why is that true? Because we're doing it in his name. Our authority is based on his name. We do it in his name. Amen. And then we've seen where Jesus operated in the love of God. Always operated in the love of God. We as his followers are called to walk in the love of God. We've seen how uh, Jesus was always faithful to do what his father asked him to do. And we as his followers are also to be found faithful to do whatever God is asking us to do. Amen. And then recently, prior to our uh, uh, study there on uh, the 2019 Word of the Lord, is we looked how Jesus handled all the sufferings and, and, and tests and trials that he went through. And he did it by entrusting himself to his Father, committing everything he was going through to his Father, and, and looking to his, his Father, his God, to enable him to make it through whatever he was going through. And if we too are going to follow Jesus Christ in his footsteps and, and when we're going through the sufferings that we will go through and the trials and the tri tribulations and the tests and so forth that we're going to go through if we want to come out victoriously on the other side then we're going to have to do it like Jesus did it 
We're going to have to entrust ourselves to God. We're going to have to commit it to our God. And then we're going to have to trust him for the grace we need to enable to come through it on the other side victoriously. Praise God. I tell you what, this study has gotten me really stoked because it's such an important part of who we are as Christians. We're called to be like Jesus. Thank God Jesus saved us. Amen. But that wasn't all that he did for us. He demonstrated to you and me how we are supposed to live our lives right now in this earth as we're living here. We're not supposed to live like those in the world. You know, those in the world get up every day and they go to work and they come home, they eat their meals, they go to bed, they get back up and they go to work and they continue this cycle. Every night now and then they'll go out and play and have some fun or do whatever they're doing. Maybe have kids, raise their kids and all that good stuff. But that's it. And I'm not saying that anything's wrong with that. But how, think about that, what that means in the scope of eternity. See how I'm saying that? We shouldn't be living with our focus just on the here and now. We've got to become eternity-minded. We've got to realize God needs us to reach those out there who don't know Jesus Christ so that they too can come to the saving knowledge of Him and experience Him like you and me are. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and me start to do things like Jesus. We need to pray like Jesus. We need to love like Jesus. We need to be found faithful like Jesus. We need to operate in divine authority like Jesus. And we need to handle all the different tests and trials and sufferings we'll face in this life just like Jesus. Now this morning, I want to begin to talk about the area that I thought we were going to start talking about when we first started this study over a year ago. And that is this, Jesus' ministry of healing. I want to begin to talk to you about the ministry of healing that Jesus had when he was upon this earth. How many believe that healing was a big part of the ministry of Jesus when he walked the earth? I mean, and since he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how many believe that it should be a big part of what he wants done in the earth today. Okay, I got some of you saying amen. But I want everybody to get on this. And believe that that's part of his ministry still today. He wants to see it happening today. In other words, if, he, if Jesus spent a large portion of his ministry. Ministering and emphasizing healing. Then shouldn't we too be doing the exact same thing as his followers. Amen. Friends, we, ha we have to really be on guard that we do not allow some of the lies that have seeped into the church impact us, affect us. Because a lot of people do not believe that it's God's will to heal today. Or they, they believe that God may heal somebody, but it's totally up to God. And there is nothing in the Bible that says that. I hope you're listening to me this morning. Oh, my, my, my. I tell you what. Too many people. And, and what has happened. Listen to this. What has happened is these people ex expect us to accept these premises. And then as a result, for lack of a better way of saying it, water down the word to fit within those guidelines, those, those, those premises. In other words, we don't preach that Jesus is still the healer. We don't preach that it's God's will to heal all today. 
No, 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 you don't want to do that. That's not right. They expect us to change our message, to, to fit in the modern way of thinking. Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. That is not going to happen with me. See, I'm going to keep preaching what I believe, as long as what I believe is based upon that holy word. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to be moved by people's theories and opinions. You know, what has happened is, is people have come up with, a, with all these uh, uh, suggestions and all these ideas and all these theories as to why God isn't healing all the time nowadays. See, my attitude is, why don't we sit there and get into the Bible, let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into the truth of the Word, and then base our life upon that. In other words, let Him elevate our lives to come in line with what's written in the Bible instead of lower our lives to fit within their theories. I'm not going to do that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, although our methods for getting the Word of God out have changed, especially with this millennial generation, the Word of God never changes. God never changes. God's will never changes. Are you hearing me? God, that's, that's such a big statement. God's will never changes. God's will for man has never changed, ever, has never changed. I hope you're getting this, glory to God. And if, God, if Jesus healed back when he was walking the face of this planet, then guess what God's will is for today? It's the exact same thing. So why aren't we seeing it more? Why doesn't it seem to happen on a more frequent basis? Could it be? That religion has seeped in to the church. Could it be that the traditions of man have caused this, this, uh, 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 this truth of the Bible to be hindered? Do you know that the Bible says there's only one thing that can stop the word of God from being effectual? And that's the traditions of man. Isn't that something? I say, get, let's get rid of the traditions of man. I don't give a rip about the traditions of man. I don't care about the theories of man. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about religion. I care about relationship. And I care about what God's word says right here in this Bible. And if I will live my life based upon that relationship and upon this holy written word, then glory to God, I can expect to not only live whole and healthy, I can expect to be used by God to minister healing to others. Come on now in Jesus' name. So in this study, we're going to begin to look at several of the individual accounts of healing found in the gospel accounts. If you were to study this out, you would find that there are actually only 19 recorded healings in the gospel. Now, I now know that, that it may seem like there's more than that, but on several occasions, there are two or three accounts of the same healing in Matthew, Luke, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Also, there are other places in the Bible where it says multitudes were healed. Everybody was healed. All were healed. But there aren't any details to show or tell us how those people received their healing, nor how Jesus ministered healing to them. And so because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and because, as we've seen in this study, all that Jesus did while he was here on this earth was as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit and as a man who always operated in the faith of God, we're going to go over several of these recorded accounts of healing 
And we're going to see how these individuals or small groups of people got healed. How did they receive their healing? And how did Jesus minister healing to them? And then we'll be able to know how we can receive healing into our own lives and how we can minister healing to others. How many of you think this is an important study to be on? Come on now. Do you not think that if God uses you to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover, that that's a marvel in the eyes of the person that you're laying hands and sick, uh, uh, you're laying your hands on? Isn't that a wonder, especially if they're not a believer? I mean, someone comes up and, and you know, you're dealing with somebody and they're saying, I'm not, you know, I don't feel well. And, and immediately you say, can I pray for you? And you pray for them and all of a sudden, bam, they're healed. Just like that. What is that showing them? That's showing them that the God you represent is real. And as a result, it, what, it, it opens that door up for you to share the gospel with those folks. Amen. It's just, you've got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God when you have opportunities to pray for others. We had a lady come in here, and I think I shared this with you. Um, I might have shared it with you, but anyway, uh, she came in there and she was pregnant. And, 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 and she was talking to us about uh, the internet and stuff for this building and so forth. And, and, and I mean, right, the first thing as I'm looking at her, first thing that rises up, pray for her. Ask her if you can pray for her. It's just, I'm like, I'm going, okay, Lord, I'm going to just give me that opportunity. Give me that opportunity. And so finally, we got up, and she, we, I walked back to show her some stuff in that uh, back room over there. And, and as we're in there, I looked at her, and I said, listen, do you mind if I pray for you and your baby? Man, you could just see how greatly that blessed her for me to step up and just ask her that question. But see, the point I'm trying to make is all of us should always be looking for opportunities to pray for people. Amen. And it really comes down to this. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is still the healer? You see, as far as I'm concerned, I believe it. My Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know how it could be expressed any clearer. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means if he was healing then, he's still healing today, and he'll be healing tomorrow. How can you get around that? There is no getting around that. Amen. As his representatives, we've been called to lay our hands on the sick. You and me are called to lay our hands on the sick. And when we lay our hands on the sick, the Bible says they shall recover. There's no getting, that's what the Bible says. If the Bible says it, guess what? It's truth. And you might say, well, I've done it before, Pastor Dan. I've laid hands on somebody and they did not get healed. Guess what? No, this is, this is, I want to, come on. I want you to be listening. Are you listening? Guess what? You're not the healer. You're called to lay hands on the sick. You're called to put your hands on a person and be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' in, G, in, in Jesus' name. Not in my name, in Jesus' name. It's up to the healer to heal. And if that person doesn't get healed, don't you get put that weight on your shoulders. There must be something going on, but it ain't on your end because you stepped out in faith and obedience to God. But the point is, is we need to still do it no matter what. 
We need to do it with expectation that when I lay my hands on that person, I mean, we, I just prayed for Debbie. I prayed for a group up here the other day. I fully believed when I laid my hands on you, you guys were getting healed. I didn't, I, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just confident in the one I, I, I serve. I'm confident in the healer. Amen. So it's up to us to just simply step out in faith and do what God is telling us to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as we go through these 19, uh, well, let me say it this way. Let me say this. Of the 19 recorded healings found in the Gospels, in 10 of them, the individual's faith is specifically referred to. While in several of the other healings, although faith isn't specifically referred to in the text, it is implied. So that means, listen, just a few instances where the individual's faith wasn't involved. Just a couple of those healings, and we're going to get to some of those. Those are times when Jesus was operating in the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> Whether it be special faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, or a combination of some of those. So, did Jesus operate in the gifts of the Spirit? The Bible says he had the Spirit without measure. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed with, with the Spirit and, and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So the bottom line is, is that Jesus too operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. But the majority of the people healed under the ministry of Jesus were healed through their own faith. Did you hear that? In other words, their faith was the determining factor in receiving healing. Well, if that was the way it was back then, how do you think it should be today? Friends, the main way for us to receive healing and to minister healing to others is by and through our faith. Did you hear that? Glory to God, glory to God. Has faith passed away? I mean, if faith has passed away, then friends, there's nobody can get born again. How many know what the Bible says? It's, it's, it's with the mouth uh, that, excuse me, it's with the heart that one believes unto righteousness. And it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So you have to be operating in faith just to get born again. How many believe that faith is still around? I mean, come on now, the Bible... Do we still have the Bible? Is this not God's word? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the? Faith is still around. And if they were able to get healed by their faith, guess what? We can be healed with our faith. We can minister healing to others with our faith. Mm, 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 mm. Don't let people tell you it's passed away. That just doesn't compute in my head how they come up with these reasonings. And that's what it is. I've had a man say to me, let me rephrase that. I've had a pastor say to me, you just give people false hope. Because you tell people that they can be healed. And I say to him, how in the world can I give people false hope when the hope I'm giving them is based upon the word of God? That is absolutely wrong for you to come to me and say these things to me 
I didn't actually say these things. I'm thinking these things. You know, in those kinds of instances, you've got to really search your heart whether you need to be saying something back to them or not. You know, the Bible says not to throw your pearls before swine. I'm not calling that pastor a pig. What that means is, do, do pearls mean anything to a pig? No, they're just going to stomp them under the mud. They could care less about pearls. And that's what, for a lot of times, I mean, for a lot of folks, you have their answer. The Word of God is the answer, but they're not ready to receive it. They have this mindset that because somebody they know was prayed for, they didn't get well, and it really negatively impacted that person. There must be something wrong with me. There is something wrong with you. You need to be taught the truth of the Word of God. And that's not, nothing, that's not something to be ashamed of. I mean, everybody needs to learn about the Bible. If I'm, Lord, teach me. I want to know what the Word says. How many times have you heard me say, I'm going to maintain a teachable spirit? I, I'm not going to stand up here and always say with a complete 100% authority that I'm, everything I say is always right. Because I'm a man and I can mess up. But I'll tell you this much, and you guys know this. If I mess up, I'll come before you. I'll humble myself before you and say I was wrong. But the bottom line to all of it is I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to tr show me the truth, to reveal the truth to my heart, and then once it gets in here, nobody can back get me off of it. Did you hear what I just said? I don't care what anybody says to me. I'm not backing off because I've got the revelation by the Spirit of God of what that word says. And that's so important for us to do. Get that in us. Get the word in us. Get that revelation in us. Then no, no matter what anybody comes up and tries to, to argue with you about, to reason with you about, you're going to say, thank you. I appreciate what you're saying. And, and go your way and just say, Lord, I just trust you. You've revealed this to my heart. I, I heard a minister saying this the other day, and it just went off in my heart. How many Christians are that way? They live their lives based upon what somebody else has told them. Their pastors, friends, family, whatever. Don't live your life that way. I mean, how many times have you heard me say this? Go, when you hear me preach and teach up here, go home, get your Bibles, and see what I'm saying is so. If it's in the Word, trust the Lord to get it into your heart. Because then, that's when it becomes revelation. And that's when you get faith to step out and see it come to pass in your life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, before we get into this uh, first account of healing under the ministry of Jesus, I want to share with you one of the greatest revelations I've ever gotten in my walk with the Lord. That's a big statement. But this has helped me so much in my walk with the Lord. Number one revelation I've ever gotten is God loves me. This here is, is right up there. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus said, I have come not to do my own will, but the one, will of the one who sent me. Jesus said, I always do those things that please the Father. In other words, as far as the ministry of Jesus is concerned, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. As far as the ministry of Jesus is concerned, everything he said and everything he did is a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time. Did you hear that? Thus, when we see Jesus healing someone, what are we looking at? We're looking at the revealed will of God for all men for all time. 
I've actually had another person say to me, where I don't remember what was, I don't know how we got off on this topic or what it was, but she was talking, said to me, she said, well, that was just for that individual. That was just for him. And I was thinking to myself, so you're saying that God's now in, into playing favorites. I thought that was, the Bible says it's just the opposite. God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for that person, he'll do it for me. Hello? And, and God does not change his will, his word, from one person to the next. Do you hear how I said that? Now, I know that there are specific wills for everybody as to what you, who you're supposed to marry, who, where you're supposed to go to school, or if you're supposed to go to school, or go to trade school, or, or you know, where you're supposed to live, where you're supposed to go to church, who you're supposed to marry, and so forth. Those are specific things the Lord has just for you. And those are things you need to find out as you have a relationship with Him. He will reveal to you those specific items. Because it's not found in the Bible, is it? However, there are general things found in his, this word which reveal to us his will. And whatever we see Jesus doing is a direct revelation of God's will for us. For all men, for all time. I mean, stop and think about it. I've said this to you before. If all that Jesus did was recorded. This is the last verse of the, of the Gospel of John. If everything Jesus did and said was recorded and put into books, the world wouldn't be big enough to, con to contain all the books. So what does that mean to you and me? That means that all these accounts of these healings found in the Gospels were handpicked by the Holy Spirit for us so that we can look at those accounts we could see how those people received their healing. We can see how Jesus ministered healing to them. Why? So that we can then learn how we can receive healing and how we can minister healing. Amen. That's the, the, these accounts are not, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't just for them. It was for all of us to see how God does it. It was for all of us to see what God's will is. So Jesus his ministry was a direct revelation of God's will for you and me for all time. Because God doesn't change. His will never changes. Do you see how powerful of a revelation that is? I mean, when you're reading through the Bible, man, it just makes you realize, wow, that's for me. I see that, Lord. That's for me. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Now go with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. We're going to start our study today looking at the healing of the leper. I love this account. Oh, my goodness. But this same account is found in Mark, excuse me, Matthew 8, 1 through 4, and Luke 5, 12 through 15. So it's in three, different, uh, the, three of the different Gospels. But for time's sake, we're not going to go and read each of those accounts. But listen, I strongly encourage you to go and read through all of these accounts. Because many times what's written in one account may not be in the other account. But they always will mesh together. Are you hearing what I'm saying there? But sometimes one of them will add something that's not in one of the other accounts. And we're going to see that here in just a moment. Oh, amen. So look at Mark 1, beginning in verse 40. Now a leper came to him. A leper came 
to him. What is a leper? What is leprosy? Do you know that leprosy is still around today? That it is still a disease that's out there today? I want, uh, uh, the leprosy is defined in the Bible in Leviticus chapter 13 and Leviticus chapter 14. Now get this. As the formation of nodules that spread throughout one's body causing loss of sensation and deformity. It includes severe types of psoriasis and other severe skin conditions including boils, lumps, growths, and infectious diseases characterized by sores, scabs, and spots beneath the skin. Yuck. Friends, as you can tell, leprosy was and is an awful, horrific, deforming disease. It's gross. Many people who have been or were infected, who are infected by this disease, now get this, because of their lack of sensation in their bodies, have done things like put their hands on a hot stove. And their skin's just burning. They don't even know it because they can't feel it. Or, or, or they have gone and they've stepped in a hole and they twisted their ankle and they didn't feel it. Or broke a bone and didn't feel it. Can you tell how demonic of a disease this is? Dear me. That is just crazy. I mean, if you stop and you think about it, in one sense, when people are diagnosed with leprosy, their lives are over. They're like the walking dead. I know there's a show out there called The Walking Dead, but these are actually walking dead people. I mean, it's not only the fact that they have to uh, 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 deal with the sickness and the disease that it is, but in the Old Testament, they were ostracized. They had to be separated from family and friends. They no longer could work a job. So they're just walking around like dead men. They couldn't do anything. And they had to shout out, unclean, unclean. Wherever they went, they saw a human being walking near them. Unclean. How would you like to live your life that way? The bottom line, listen, leprosy is not of God. Leprosy is not of God. It is of the devil. You know, it's so sad that so many try to tell us that God uses sickness and disease to teach us something. What a stinking lie of the enemy. I said, what a stinking lie of the enemy. Friends, how many know that sickness and disease has never been the will of God? All you have to do to prove that out is go back to the beginning. Before the fall of man. And ask yourself, did, do you see any sickness or disease in, in the Garden of Eden? That was God's perfect will for man right there. Before man sinned. And then look at the back of the book. Is there any sickness and disease in heaven? Will there be any sickness and disease in heaven? That's God's will. It wasn't until man sinned that the door was open to death and the curse, including sickness, disease, and all the other junk out there. I mean, stop and think about it. Listen to this. When God got done creating this earth, and God got done uh, uh, creating man, what did he do? The Bible says in Genesis, he says he saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Everybody say very good. God looked at what he had created, including his man, 
And he said it was very good. Is leprosy very good? Is cancer very good? Is AIDS very good? Is any kind of sickness or disease good? No, it's not. Thus, I can believe, I can say with complete confidence that sickness and disease are not of God. Sickness and disease is of the enemy. Amen. It is not the will of God for any person to be sick or diseased. That's important to understand, my friends. Because again, a lot of people have been taught by those standing in a pulpit that they have to bear with what they have in their physical bodies as a form of them becoming holier. Or, 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 or for God to teach them something. How sad is that? I mean, see, that really gets under my crawl. It really does. To sit there and say that God's going to use something of the enemy to teach us something. Isn't God big enough to teach us some other way? It just, again, it doesn't compute in my head. And maybe I'm simple about this. Would you ever do that to your child? James, I need to teach you something today. Come over here. I'm going to break your arm. Now go learn. People will say that. I'm going to put cancer on you, son. Learn. Become holy now. How ignorant is that? I tell you, you know what it is, really? It's a lack of understanding of who God is. Because God is good. God is good. Everything he created was good. And sickness and disease is not good. I, again, that might be simplified, but I tell you what, it's the truth. Are you listening to me? Oh, my goodness gracious. And, and, and doesn't the Bible tell us that we've been created in the image and likeness of God? Doesn't the Bible say that? How many believe you could, what would you think if you could look into heaven, into the throne room, and there was a big pile of used Kleenex and a, a throw a bucket at the, at the uh, foot of God? That God was dealing with some kind of sickness and disease. What would you think about that? How many think that that would ever happen? I mean, can, does anybody ever, has anybody ever thought that that could possibly happen with God? You're pretty emphatic about it, aren't you? But then why do we turn around and say that God will do that with his kids? It's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be diseased. He doesn't want it in you. He doesn't want it on you. And I know that there's going to be times when all of us, at one time or another, are going to have to deal with it. Because we live in a sin-filled world. We live in a curse-filled world. Sicknesses float around us all the time. People get sick, they cough, germs go everywhere. But the bottom line is this. God does not want us to accept it in our bodies. By his stripes you were healed. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, I can live healed. And we're going to get more into this. And we're going to delve into this in a greater way. But the bottom line is, I do not want you leaving from here with ever, ever thinking that God's going to put something on you to teach you something. It is not the will of God for you to be sick or diseased. Get it in you. Do not accept something. You might have been dealing with something for years. Get the idea. Don't accept the idea that it has to remain. 
it must be something I have to deal with from now on. I've had someone real close to me say this because they're dealing with symptoms in their physical body. This must be Paul's thorn in my flesh. And oh my goodness gracious, it grieves my heart. It grieves my heart. What they're doing is accepting this thing in their physical body. Listen, they're no longer able to work because of it. They have, they're limited in the things they're able to do because of it. Does that sound like that's the way God wants us to be? Doesn't that sound like stealing, killing, and destroying? Doesn't that sound like our enemy? So why accept something that's of the enemy? And why do we ever point something of the enemy and say it's of God? Because it's not, my friends. Every one of you, if you are a Christian, can live whole and healthy. Again, I'm not saying you won't be attacked. All of us at one time or another will be. Sherry works, what, what, is, what is your, she, she will help give people things to help them physically, right? To help them live whole and healthy. There's natural things you can take. I mean, if you're not going to live right, if you're not going to do what's right, if you're going to think you can still live, you know, eat a big piece of pie and a big old bowl of ice cream every single day. I used to live that way, but I tried to, I've stopped that. Oh, man, but it showed, never mind, I'm sorry. (laughs) The bottom line is what I'm trying to get across to you. There are still natural things we need to do in order to live whole and healthy. But it still comes down to this. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. And as long as we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in the natural, and as long as we're looking to God and taking him out of his word, we can live whole and healthy. When sickness tries to come on us, don't accept it. Say, nope, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. I am not taking it because of what Jesus Christ did for me. Healing is a part of the redemptive package. So it's because of that package, I'm the redeemed of the Lord, that healing is for me. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I didn't get very far today. No, I, you know, plus, listen, listen, I want to say this, and I'll say this in closing. Because I'm going to give you a really deep revelation here. When a person comes to you and tries to tell you that that God will put sickness on you or allow sickness on you to teach you something, Ask them to show you a scripture. Ask them to show you a Bible verse that shows shows us that. In order for something to be scriptural, what do you need? Scriptures. Very simple. If it's going to be scriptural, it has to have scriptures. And if they're going to tell us that, just look at them and say, can you show me that in the Bible? Show me that in the Bible. Please show me that in the Bible. Because I've been looking through that Bible for years. I've been reading through that New Testament for years. I've read through it I don't know how many times. And I have never, ever once seen that in the Bible. However, I have seen in the Bible where every single person who came to Jesus to be healed left healed. Every single person who came to Jesus left healed. Jesus healed them all. Jesus healed everybody. If Jesus came If the people came to Jesus, there's not one time Jesus looked at them and said, I'm sorry. It's not my Father's will to heal you. And in the Bible, it's not there. 
So what does that mean when we're seeing that all that came to Jesus were healed? Direct revelation of the will of God for all men. Does that include you and me? For all time. Healing is God's will for every single one of us. And I'm telling you, just in this simple account, when we get more into it, you're going to see I tell you what, it's such a mm, glory to God. I was hoping to get to this one place because I was going to really do some shouting. Woo! But I'm not there yet. So I'm going to leave this as a cliffhanger. Come back next week, the Lord willing. If it is the Lord's will for us to go this direction, I'm telling you right now, if it don't get you excited, your, your woods are wet. Amen. God is so good. I said God is so good. I want to be like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. I want to do things like Jesus. I want people to look at me and say, what manner of man is that? Christian. A follower of Christ. Amen. Should be different, shouldn't it? We should live differently, shouldn't we? We should pray like Jesus, love like Jesus, operate in divine authority like Jesus, be faithful like Jesus. Learn how to go through our tests and challenges like Jesus. Amen. And we should live our lives whole and healthy like Jesus when he was upon the earth. And we should be able to minister to others that same kind of healing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word today. Your word is truth. My desire, Lord God, is that these people will begin to get this revelation inside of them in their hearts. That you are such a good God. That healing is your desire, your will for each one of us. And that sickness and disease is not your will for us. It is of the enemy. And we need to resist it. We need to tell it to go when it tries to get on our physical bodies. And Father God, I'm praying that as we study out these different accounts of people being healed through the ministry of Jesus, that revelation is going to come to us. And we're going to get so tanked up on walking out into this world as 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 vessels you can flow through to minister your healing power to others and we will see people being raised up we will